0: And welcome to another edition of The War Room here on KOKC. I'm your host, Sean Fry. My guest today is Parsons High School assistant coach uh, on the football team and DaBaby's biggest fan, Raheem Dumas. Raheem, how are we doing today?
1: Doing great, man. <laughs> are you actually
0: me. a fan of baby?
1: No, sir, I am not. <laughs> there we go.
0: <laughs> I just gained respect for you a little bit. <laughs> not that I ever didn't have it, but <laughs> now I like you a little more. Uh, Raheem, how about yes. on the year coming off a big win over Columbus. You were just going to say something. Give me what you are going to say. I was just
1: going to say, man, it's an awesome feeling. It's just great. Everything is great right now. And we've been humbled early in the season. Um, we went through those crazy heartbreaks, you know, going the last play of the game. And to see our kids battle through things that, you know, they're not used to doing. Um, they're used to giving up in the past when they're down. And to see them overcome these difficulties, it's just awesome. It's a great feeling right now.
0: Uh, let's talk about how you guys hovered from that Galena loss a little bit. First off, and if we're being real, that that game lost almost stings more and more and more because you realize what it means. That game was a district championship, essentially.
1: Absolutely, um, but yeah, after that game, man. The kids, uh, the coaches. You know, we we said what we needed to say, but the kids, their message was, "We will not lose again." And they haven't. We we let them run with that, and and we we keep them to that standard. You know, we we've had amazing weeks of practice after that. We've had one single bad day since that day, and um awesome the kids are completely bought in and those seniors don't want to end it yet they they don't want to be done and it doesn't even feel like we're done like we're they have they have goals um that they have personally and as a team and we'll just we'll mm-hmm. just show the town what that is and I think uh I think everybody's just on the right board right now it's, it's fun
0: I think the approach coming into this year, not necessarily the approach, but the expectations were much more measured than they were a year ago. A year ago, you were pretty senior loaded. Yeah. And the hopes that Parsons could make some noise, it really, really didn't happen. You guys won three games and made the playoffs, which was an right. improvement on the years past. And, but I feel like you guys had to muscle your way there. Right.
1: Um, now, go ahead. Well, uh, those seniors last year, they did a great job of um, setting the standard of you know determining where we wanted to be. Um, but these year, this year seniors, um, they kind of they did a different type of molding with the younger guys. You know, they showed up every single day in summer weights, and they competed every single day, and they still continue to compete. And that's something that I haven't seen in the past, and that's something that mm-hmm. has helped us uh, get five wins this year. Our kids compete at everything they do.
0: So, you guys come back from that Galena loss. First off, what I'm curious what you what you remember. You were a DB yes. in college. So for those who don't know, Raheem Dumas, originally from Bradenton, Florida, am I right there?
1: Lakeland, Florida.
0: Lakeland, Florida. Sorry about that. A Lakeland, Florida native. Plays college football at Fort Hayes State. He's a defensive back. And then he ends up here at Parsons High School where he where do you teach there? PE. You're a PE teacher? Yes.
1: Uh, strength and conditioning coach.
0: Strength and conditioning coach. And obviously you're a uh you're a coach you're an assistant coach for the, on uh, on the sidelines on Friday nights yes uh, you're a db let's talk about the last play against galena uh how would you what is your takeaway on how the db's for parson's how the secondary covered that and, and i do want to sit, put out there it was a great throw and a great yeah. catch by a tall receiver yes
1: absolutely um you know that one hurt my heart Probably more than anybody in that stadium because, like, I'm a DB to to the to the court, and uh, I thought we made the right adjustments of putting our six four six five guy in there and uh, our six three corner to jam him at the line of scrimmage. I think it was just a great play, great throw, mm-hmm. great play, uh, great catch. But my message to those guys was that kid did everything he was supposed to do that week. I mean, he coach mm-hmm. didn't have to tell him to you know get behind the line. Or to me, it's the little things like that is why you win those 50-50 battles. And the end of the game, mm-hmm. especially in a DB sense. Um, it, it just hurts. I don't know. I, I can't explain it. I know it never happened to me as a DB, um, yeah. but I've seen it happen plenty of times, and I just always think mm-hmm. it comes to the little things that you didn't do right.
0: This is one thing that has kind of crept into my mind over the last few years is teams that lose or win, games that end on the last play, whether it's a football right. game, a buzzer beater in basketball, right. whatever sport it is, uh, you, you used to think, oh wow, those are the most exciting plays in mm-hmm. sports, and they still are, and they always mm-hmm. will be to a degree. But I, I've started to not like them. Yep. Because even if you win, I understand it's exciting, but when you lose, like it, it you just carry it forever. It
1: forever hurts,
0: and because you think, because like it's one thing if you get blown out in a loss. Like okay, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't our day. You know, we had some things to improve. They were probably just better than us. You can accept that, but when you lose on the last play, you can find a million things that if you just turned that one thing around, right. that thing wouldn't have happened. Yeah. How do you kind of you're 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 coming into more into adulthood now? Yeah. Uh, you you've grown up a little bit. I'm curious what how that sits with you.
1: Um, I, I'm just big on the little things and. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. That that's just my motto. And when it comes to things like that, it it I'd rather just uh straight up blow out a, you know, or just you can tell that team's gonna win that game than a nail biter because those are the heartbreakers because sometimes that team did not deserve to win. Mm-hmm. But they might have did the little things right. You know what I mean? Them, that that's why they won, and that's why they won, and that's my opinion. And that's how I. That's how I was coached, and that's that's how I coach. What was um, the
0: coaching staff's approach? Did you talk at all about what the approach would be coming off that loss? Because it's it's very easy to let a heartbreaker like that just put a cloud over you. That's natural. It, that is it is abnormal to overcome that yeah. as quickly as you guys have. It probably helped a little bit that you had Baxter Springs next week. We know where Baxter yeah. Springs is at as a program, but. Uh, so the, how did you kind of from from the psychological aspect? Of how did you approach that with your kids?
1: So that becomes that's where the great coaching comes in, where everybody kind of put their pieces together, where they were what they were taught, and um, we ended up talking as a staff, and and we thought it would be great to just do reverse psychology on the kids and come in and be extremely positive, mm-hmm. um, kind of let it run down your back like water, but at the same time, everybody knows the elephant in the room. It hurts. Uh, we had to move on to Baxter Springs. That was a great game to take all our anger out of. And um, I think uh, our kids still have that feeling because um, we we can we, Galena's beat most of the teams that we played later in the season. So it's mm-hmm. we're, we're, our message is that those kids feel the same way. Like this week for Columbus, Columbus felt the same way we felt after getting mm-hmm. beat by Galena. So that was our message. And our kids still have that. Um, they're pissed. <laughs> um, they're really, really pissed. Yeah. Uh, that Prairie View loss, uh, that was understandable. We we were moving guys around. We uh trying guys at new positions. Um, but that Galena game, we were all set. We were all, you know, they are pissed, and they're still pissed. And it's it's fun to coach knowing that they're pissed off about that loss. Decent chance
0: they'll see Prairie View again, by yes. the way.
1: Yes, absolutely. And we're looking forward to it. We're excited, but we're not, you know, that's, that's that's week nine. That's, you still got week yeah, eight ahead we, of We got year. we got one game right here that we're looking forward to, and that's um Cherryville. So that's our main focus point. hmm Uh
0: one I, 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 you know, obviously I've seen the Vikings the last uh three of the last four weeks. Uh I was at the Caney game, and you know, covering that game, I was standing next to the chain crew a lot. And the one thing the chain crew said to me that suck with me is they, they turn to me and they go. I'll tell you one thing about that Parson staff. They're young and they have a lot of energy. Yeah. Like every single one of you. Yeah. It's not just you and yeah. it's not just Jeff. Right. I mean, is every single one of you has a lot of energy. Is there is that a conscious effort to show a lot of energy, or is that just the natural attitude and approach of all you guys collectively?
1: Um, I'm gonna be completely honest. Um, all you have to do is just come out Monday through Thursday and watch this practice. It's the same exact intensity. Uh, our guys bring it every single day. Every single person on our staff, um, and everyone has things going on out in their outside life personally. But when we get out there in the field, we preach it to our kids, so we cannot be hypocrites about it. Leave it all, leave it all out there. Um, for, come out here and forget about everything that's going on and just have fun. And we have fun every single day. Um, we don't just yell at our kids and tear them down. We we you know we we coach them up and we we let them know what they did wrong. And the minute they do it right, we praise them. Mm-hmm. So. That's the fun part and I think that's it's been contagious, but we that's a natural energy. We bring that every day and, and it's fun. It's really fun.
0: Well, I mean, it's gotta be fun the, to a degree. The, I the mean thing
1: is, yeah, the thing is, uh most of us I, I think every single coach on the staff, all uh, we coach to be that coach we always wanted to have. And in that sense of like we're all young and we all understand um we're most of us are in the building, so we're getting to have that relationship with them kids and we know how to talk to each and every kid on the staff. So that's mm-hmm. That's the most important part, but we have fun every single day. We have fun.
0: I really like that line you just said. I'm gonna, that's going to stick with me. You said you try to coach like the coach you always wanted oh, to yeah, have. yeah,
1: absolutely. And I teach that the same way in classroom. I tell the kids the same thing. I do. I want to be that teacher that I always wanted to have. So mm-hmm. you know, I, I get on you when it when it's supposed when I'm supposed to, and then let's have fun when we're supposed to have fun. Yeah, and that's kind of how we do it.
0: You are you're the DB coordinator. That's your official title, right? Yeah. Uh, what has changed on defense this year? Obviously, the defense has been a lot better than it has been over the last two years. I mean, for the last two years, and then you take a break in 2018, and then yeah. like the decade before that, the, the, the mantra against Parsons was run A gap, run B gap, run C gap on dives, and yeah. we will be able to, and we'll get four, five, six, <laughs> seven a punch, and we'll occasionally get 15, and we're just gonna we're just gonna march down you and there's and you're not gonna stop it. That is not the case this year. Uh, what has changed defensively that has made the Vikings so dangerous? If I, anything, the defense is better than the offense this year.
1: I think it's the uh, the demand that we have for our kids. Uh, we all summer long we demanded them to be in a weight room, lift weights, be strong because we have big natural kids. So um, we got them to squat low, you know, get those legs strong, and then. We hit the sled. We hit the sled a lot, and we compete. Um, We competed in the wrestling room this season or this summer. Uh, We did a lot of mat drills and things. You know, you get knocked down, get your butt up. Uh, And the biggest thing is just compete. Uh, We went to that Pitt State camp. It was nice to get out there and, you know, uh, showcase your skills in front of those coaches against those other schools. That was a line camp, right? Well, it was a team camp. Okay, team camp, Um, okay. But it was it was just nice to see uh, our kids compete, and they learned a lot there. You know, D line coaches taught them how to fire out the ball um, and things like that. But the defense itself, I mean, there's just a lot of little young men that you know mm-hmm. they're not afraid of anything, and and that's the that's the best part. This is a
0: young squad too. Yes. A lot of the yes.
1: top playmakers that we see they are really our sophomores. Yeah. What does that say about what the future of this Parsons team might be? I mean, it's it's going to make our job easier to coach in the next two years. Uh, we're we're not going to have to say much, you know. You you're just six have, and two
0: as sophomores. It right. can't be that hard when they're juniors and exactly. seniors.
1: <laughs> you just, you know, every now and then you might just have to give them a look, and then they know how to fix mm-hmm. it. So that that's our goal, and I think we're getting there. Um, we're we're being led by a by a sophomore quarterback, uh, Trey Mack, and he's outstanding at taking criticism. Uh, he knows how to keep his head up and just keep pushing. Even if we pull him, he's still the same kid. he right will back say and about do the same thing.
0: That was an observation I made. I will say yeah. this about Trey Mack and Jeff Shibe and everybody was one. I think Trey Mack's able to handle it. He didn't play that great against right. Columbus. He right. had a, he had an off game. He had a few good plays. Made right. a great pass to K. Brown coming right. off that turnover. He had, but he didn't have the certainly didn't have the best game of his year right. by right. any stretch. And Jeff was on him. Uh-huh. I mean, all game. He was just on him. He was coaching him. Coaching him. Yeah, he's coaching him. And I think there was. I, I think you go back to about five years ago. Parsons players, the wide the vast majority of them shut down when
1: they get coached Absolutely. like that. Uh, they they do. But
0: how do you change? How do you make kids or not make kids? But how do you coach kids and nurture kids? To be able to accept that type of coaching, because anybody who is not on the sidelines is not going to realize Jeff was riding Trey very, very hard. Work. Like I wouldn't want to be coached. I mean that that I, I don't want to be yelled at like that.
1: Well, um, to be honest, it, it we've been doing that. I mean, we rode him since he since he was a freshman, and the thing with our kids now, um, I don't know how it's been in the past because I'm not from around here, but there's a consistency level of coaching. Like we're, we're this group that we have, we, we show up and do the same thing every day. Uh, there's not any coach that I, that I I'm pretty positive. There's not one coach that has brought anything outside into the program and like took it out on a kid or anything. So every kid understands coach is not picking on me. He's coaching me to get better. And all of our kids have accepted coaching and Trey Mack, personally. Might uh, be the best at it. Well, he told me this summer, uh, me and him got into it. um, He missed a day of weights and I got on his butt. I was like, if you're going to lead this team, I need you to show up and be the leader. You know, I don't care about your age. You have to be a leader if you're going to be that guy. Um, And he kind of, you know, put his head down. I was like, you need to look me in the eye. You know, he's like, wait, you don't think I accept coaching? I accept coaching. And when I heard him say that, I was like, wow, no kid has ever said that. I've never said that as as a player to a coach. And Um, That's just been a message. They all accept coaching. And I Mm -hmm. think it came from him. Mm -hmm. And that's what's been fun. It's been really fun. There's a
0: certain uh, – last thing before we go to a quick break here. There's a certain theory I've always had of, you know, all these coaches, every coach you ever talk to will always say, we want our kids to – we want our team to buy in. Mm -hmm. To the point it almost gets annoying to me. It's so cliche that I get tired of hearing it. It is annoying. But – I always ask, well, what does buy-in look like? And a lot of coaches can't exactly give me the answer. One coach did give me an answer, though, that I like, and sh- and she told me, well, getting them to buy-in means I'm buying into them. Absolutely. That I trust them. Yeah. I have to let them be themselves. Let them grow. I have to let them be the players that they are and be yeah. the people that they are. And if I buy into them, they buy into me. Is that? It, do it, does that? That's exactly
1: exactly how it is. And in a Parsons way of doing it, um, you know, before I came here and I heard about Parsons, you know, they paint this high school as to be as to be the bad high school. And it's not. Um, You just have to accept these kids for who they are because of the things they go through. You Mm -hmm. you know, you never know. Um, But that's our thing. We let them be who they are. But we do put a cap on, you know, we limit the cursing. And we teach them how to be, you know, respectful with the music. Every now and then, you know, if you need to get turned up, get turned up for the game. But if there's, you know, if you're in the locker room and you got the music playing all out, you know, there's still kids around. We, we keep a minimal to that, so they do know how to act um, mm-hmm. when it's time to act. And I think that's, and that's not restricting thing. who they are. That no. is making who they
0: that is putting a that right. is making who they are shine even brighter.
1: And then and then they've seen us outside of work. Um, because, you know, it's a small town, so you you know some of their parents. You get to go to their house, you know, just because knowing them barbecues or whatever. And they get to see Coach Dumas, you know, Coach <laughs> Shiby, whoever, be, be Shiby, you know, and, and and be still a coach at the same time. So they get to see us turn it off and still be human. And yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. There we so
0: go. Like, well, Raheem, I want to go to a quick break, but when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about what brought you here to Parsons. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about uh, two East Coast kids here uh in Parsons, Kansas. We'll, we'll, we'll reminisce a little bit. Uh we'll be right back here on the War Room on KLKC. Don't go anywhere. We're back here on the War Room here on KLKC. I'm your host Sean Fry, joined by Raheem Dumas, assistant defensive backs coach uh for the Parsons Vikings, the five and two Parsons Vikings hosting Cherryvale this week in their regular season finale. Uh Raheem, you're a guy how old are you right now? I'm
1: 28.
0: You're 28. I'm 29. You're a guy that comes from Lakeland, Florida. That's where you grew up. That's right. uh, played football at Fort Hayes State. Uh, and then ended up here at Parsons a couple years ago. Take me through how you got from Lakeland, Florida to Fort Hayes State.
1: Um, It was the process, man. Uh <laughs> Well, my high school is, you know, the, one of the greatest in Florida. Um, Bill Castle is still coaching there. Uh, he's the most winning coach in Florida history. And he's pretty much molded me to be the football guy who I am today um I was a starting quarterback at at the Lakeland High School for two years um state semifinals both years and I was getting recruited uh heavily um starting quarter or corner quarterback quarterback yes um I played quarterback my whole life until Mm -hmm. I got to Fort Hayes actually Mm -hmm. um and uh I was I had a few power five offers, but I had a lot of, like, you know, just, I don't know, they call them three-star offers, four-star offers, whatever. And uh, my I didn't qualify for ACT. Mm. Um, so that was a huge knock on me. And um, my score was high enough to get into the door of D2, of yeah. any D2 there was. And um, I weighed my options. I was actually, my top three schools was Northwest Missouri, Pitt State, and Fort Hayes. And I had came from a winning tradition school and I I don't know, I was just all in on going to Fort Hayes because I wanted to change with their program around and help be part of it. And that's what, that's what I did. I made that decision because it was actually 26 hours away from home. And I remember telling my dad, the reason why I'm signing this paper for when it gets hard, I I can't just get on the bus and leave. You know, that's 26 hours. I had to make plans to get Mm -hmm. home, you know. And that stuck with us. Um, hmm. That's kind of the reason why I made that decision. I did not grow up in a friendly neighborhood. Um, my my family currently still lives in the neighborhood. And um, I can relate to a lot of our kids around here. But, you know, it's it's different for me because I, I was not able. I'm still not able to walk in the alley, you know, around my house. And I don't know. That's just kind of how it was.
0: Uh, it's it, a, uh, I I don't want to diminish or marginalize what some people in southeast Kansas have experienced or been victims of but people that say Parsons or towns like Coffeyville are bad and dangerous
1: they they haven't they haven't been to DC where I'm from or Lakeland Florida where you're from yeah and that's not to discredit any of anything around here but it's just it's just a different mindset um yeah It's just, I don't know. You have to go looking for trouble around here, I feel like. But
0: trouble can legitimately find you in some of
1: those places. for sure. Um, But, yeah, so I I made that decision. I came to Fort Hayes in 2012. Um, I was a true freshman, um, one of 33 out of that recruiting class. Mm -hmm. And uh, I did not play very much as a freshman. Um, I played on special teams a lot. And I felt like I was wasting my year because all my best friends, I was like, yo, you guys are going to be here another year, on, you know, and I graduate. And I actually used to do something crazy. I'm going to tell you this story because it's not really a story, but I'm going to tell you this. Um, I used to pray. After I figured out I was not going to play as a freshman, I used to pray that I got hurt so I could medical red shirt and get an extra year back. But I always said, um, don't make it too serious. Like that was <laughs> That was literally my prayer. And I ended up breaking my ankle my junior year. Um, three games and eight plays and in division two level is three games and nine plays where you cannot have yeah. a red shirt and I was literally one play away and mm-hmm. I snapped my ankle against Emporia on third and eight Um, medical red shirt and I got that year back so I was able to graduate well get that extra year back and play with my guys and graduate with them and everything so that was kind of crazy how that worked he answered my prayer but I, <laughs> I wish it was you know a broken ankle but it happened Um, I became an all-american two-time All-American at Four Hayes, and it was fun. Um, there was a lot of other guys on the side of me. Uh, a few guys went to the NFL. One still currently playing in the NFL for the Jets, uh, Nathan Shepard, plays D-tackle. Yeah. Um, it was a fun experience. It was a culture shock, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like maybe more of the culture shock came when you got to
0: Parsons yes. versus when you were at Four Hayes. Because like when I went from D.C. to Kansas State— you're still in that college bubble, right? right, right. And it's it's a dip. There's it bubbles, the best way to describe it mm-hmm. is a different community when you're on campus and in that community versus when you go out and experience Kansas, right? And admittedly, I, I there was some resistance for me when I got to Kansas, it, it was difficult for me to assimilate my first two years mm-hmm. here. Uh, I if it's a true, it's a true criticism of the town, and it's you know, this is the war room, we're going to be honest. I, I feel like the town can be averse to some outsiders mm-hmm. at that point, mm-hmm. and they become welcoming over the years, and I've certainly found numerous families in this town that, right. are, that just love and embrace me, and I'm sure you've experienced the right, same right, thing, right. but w- when you first got here, and you and you talk about that culture shock, how did you kind of adapt and embrace it?
1: Um, well, the first thing I had to do is slow down and change the way I talk. Um, I had to finish words um, and complete sentences, I guess, for mm. them to understand me. Because um, in Florida, we have that slang, you know, they call it But I I say everybody else have a slang, you know. But that's just (laughs) how it is. Um, That's perspective. Um, But (laughs) that that was the biggest thing. And I still battle that sometimes. You know, I struggle with certain words just because growing up, my whole life, we didn't, you know, we would always cut something short. That's just how Florida or the South works. You just say certain words certain ways. Everybody
0: um, has jargon and slang right. and and in the way and ways they talk in different communities um, it's not just yes. it's not just black people in Florida right. it's every single person
1: and then i would say yeah so definitely my language was the biggest thing i had to change but then getting used to uh just the way i dress, um you uh, and I, and you know this from experience uh just shoes in general um people you know around here don't take fashion as serious. Um, <laughs> it's a different fashion. <laughs> it's a different type of fashion. And and um, it's almost humbled me in a way because it made me slow down on buying things. But uh, I, f- I felt judged a lot when I first got here because, you know, I have nice things on, but in my mind, I'm just being regular, you know, because mm-hmm. down South, it's a fashion show, but it's not like, you know, you're just, you feel good, you look good, you, you know, that whole kind yeah. of thing. And, you know, around... Small towns, um, not just Parsons, but a lot of small towns, they're not used to things like that, so they think you— How many people here cop the Jays? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, you, you know, people think you think you're better than them or stuff like that, and my motto, like, I hear that from the kids. You know, they, I hear a kid say that to another kid um, because the kid might, you know, try to dress up today or whatever, and my motto is always, no, he does not think or she does not think she's better than you. You think that, you know— that person is just comfortable in their skin today. I'm sorry. You know, let's, let's figure out what we can do to help you get to that point. But that's just how I am. Um, I I always try to, you know, just look decent when I walk out the house, even if it's just in a t-shirt and shorts, you know, just Mm -hmm. always try to keep my head up. But that was the, the biggest thing. And then getting used to just being stared at in the small towns, um, simply because of the color of my skin. Um, that was part of the culture shock that came. Um, it doesn't matter if you're white or black, but that's just that's just something I noticed um, mm-hmm. because in the South, it was very, very rude to stare at people. But um, the positive it is, is rude to stare at people. Well, it, yeah, yeah, but <laughs> it, it happens more yep. than, you know, um, the thing. I, another thing I had to get used to was people speaking while you drive. It was funny to me. I thought I was getting flipped off. But, you know, people actually speak to you when you drive. That's not something I've seen down south um so i've gotten accustomed to that i think it's cool i actually look forward to <laughs> my it my whole thing with
0: drivers in kansas no offense to any of you yeah just go just go just go,
1: <laughs> just, go. Stops. just go four-way just go
0: oh i've gotten to the point where <laughs> even if i'm like if the person is stopped and they wait for me to come to the four-way stop i just go like just i'm not go. gonna let yeah. them like fine they can be courteous great thank you yep, you sure. should have gone 30 seconds ago just go <laughs> just go, go. <laughs> Hey, Reen. Thank you so much for coming on, sharing your experiences, sharing your thoughts. Uh, I thought you had some great things to say. We gotta cut. We gotta cut it out now, though. We gotta uh, uh, get to the next program. But I appreciate you coming on. It's been exciting to watch Parsons this year, and I think what you guys have is not only impressive what you've done this year, but it's sustainable. Yes. That's it. that to me is the bedrock of what I'm saying. Yep. Uh, any last words before we go? You yeah. Fifteen pre- seconds.
1: Appreciate you uh, having me on the show, front or uh, show, Sean. Um, <laughs> shout out Lakeland, Florida. Shout out, President and Vikings. Good there we vibes. go.
0: Uh, that'll do it on the War Room. Thank you to Raheem Dumas for coming in, and that'll do it. Stay safe and God bless.